I have been married twice and twice divorced. I've had shitty relationships my entire life. This man, Jay Rise, helped me to improve my relationships, improve myself so that I can be the best woman possible today while I keep getting better. So today, I thought we would talk about relationships. So what do men and women really want? That's a good question. <clears throat> men and women want the same thing. Like <clears throat> nature designs species, like members of a species to sort of want the same thing. They all sort of want the propagation of the species. Like they all want to, to grow and thrive and blossom, right? Every man or woman wants to grow and thrive and blossom. They want joy. They want freedom. They want to experience their, their full potential and so on. Okay. But, all right, so we watch just pearly things. And she wouldn't say this. Like, this is not what she says that men and women want. Right. Because she's not like an expert who's dug deep into this and explored what, what people want. If she had, she would easily agree that everyone wants to be happy and explore their freedom mm -hmm. and continue growing and reach, reach as much of their full potential as possible. This is literally what everyone wants. Find me someone who doesn't want this. Find me someone who wants to, to run from their potential and doesn't, doesn't want to fulfill that. Find me someone who doesn't want to thrive and grow and blossom. Find me someone who doesn't want to experience joy or expand the limits of their own personal freedoms. Okay. So then, then what about this thing that men want a hot girl who's submissive uh, and, and that accepts them cheating and, uh, and does whatever they say. Like this is I, what I thought all men wanted. Well, so that's their idea or their best path to experiencing joy and ex expanding the limits of their freedom and growing and thriving and reaching their full potential. Okay. Right? It's fair enough. I mean, not, and it's not going to apply to everybody. There's always exceptions, but for the most part, that's their idea of happiness. And the same for women who want money and dominance. And I don't know what else they really want. I think that's it, really. Or security. Yeah. It's the same thing, though. So you're saying that, that all of that stuff that men and women claim to want, this just boils down to... Freedom and joy and growth and okay. thriving. Yeah, this is what people want. But they have different paths to it. They have their own idea of what the best path to that is. If you talk to like some celibate monk in Tibet or something, they're going to have, they're going to like argue with you over what's the path to freedom, joy, growth, and enlightenment. If you talk to uh, a natural born porn star who's literally taking over the world with her career or some something like she's going to have a different idea of what the best path to freedom and joy and thriving is. Uh, but on the whole, men in general, for the most part, see their best path as as multiple women and and tons of wealth and you know whatever. And women see their the generally best path to devotion to one man who will provide and secure them and raise their child and so on. I could just hear the feminists 
<laughs> arguing with this point. Well, there are probably exceptions. Like I said, there are exceptions. But how much of the entire global population is feminist? If I go yeah. to China or Africa or like wherever, like some, 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 like I said, the monks in Tibet, are they all going to agree with the feminists? Like how many people are feminists? Are they a giant majority or are they a tiny minority? Are they the exception or are they the rule? It's okay. Everyone's allowed to be however they want. There's nothing wrong with being a feminist or having feminist views or whatever. But if you can't admit that on the whole, out of the 8 billion people on earth, most men prefer this path and most women prefer that path, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's not rocket science. Yeah, there are statistics to prove this too, like uh, with ridiculous amount of numbers. So their own grandparents probably believe this. Yeah, traditional values what and stuff. Yeah. So whatever, like follow whatever path you want. We all humans want the same thing anyways. You all want freedom and growth and joy. You all want to reach your full potential, whatever that happens to be, right? Yeah, but if I ask the average person on the street, so if I'm well, doing a poll. Most people don't know what they want well, yeah. in any way. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, they're lucky they know what, what color car they want because they're going to change it next week. Like, That's interesting. Well, why Why do you say this? Why? Well, really? Okay. What do you mean? Because most people... Most people are sure that they know exactly what they want. Right. We know what they want. So why, how can you prove that? Or, or... Well, whatever. Like, you could just prove it by watching their lives. Mm-hmm. What did you want as a teenager that you swore you wanted? <laughs> oh, I, I could go through, I could go through any, any human's history and find them desperately swearing they know what they want and they'll be doing the opposite in 10 years, 20 years. True. And they'll be like, oh, you know, I thought I was so confused back then. I thought I wanted this and what I really wanted that. And like, I don't need to prove it. Everyone's proving it themselves by how they live. Like, it's obvious. I've gone, I've done it. I've had things I swore I wanted and didn't want. Me too. And even now, like, am I sure I want these things? When I get them, will I still like them? Like, am I just guessing? But mm-hmm. but anyone who comes off talking like that, if anyone talks out loud like that, they feel embarrassed. They feel like I'm not a certain person. I'm not a confident person. I'm not a sure person. So I need to be, I need to know what I want and, and argue with anyone who says otherwise. Like they can't, they can't be like, like I just was like, I don't know. I, I, maybe I want something different. Like, I swear I'm straight as hell, but, like, there's a 1% chance that maybe not. Like, no one wants to say that. They want to say, I'm 100% straight, and there's literally no chance on planet Earth that I, I wouldn't be. Yeah. It's like, okay, you you seem a little, like, me thinks you doth protest too much, but, <laughs> like, that is some pretty crazy certainty. And if I look back at all your other views that you've held so strongly, have you kept all those, too? Because... You don't have a, like most people don't have a great track record of. I was hundred percent certain about this, and I stayed that way till my deathbed. It's like, not not often. So, do you think this could be why a lot of people divorce? Because, like, uh, so for my own example, uh, and I know this isn't. It's just my experience. Um, I married somebody, and well, when I was in active drug addiction, and so then when I got clean, and all this time went by, and we changed, and we grew. Like, I realized we were completely different people and I wanted, I wanted a divorce desperately, you know, five years in. I stayed for 15, so. Sure, because that's humanity. People grow and people think of their wants as like a permanent thing, but your wants aren't a permanent thing. 
you you're cold so you want to be warm but then five minutes later you're freaking boiling and you want to be cooled again like you want to cool off the room that's true okay and, and people grow i want a loyal relationship and i don't i want a guy who's faithful until i have a giant mega alpha male who like wants to explore threesomes and well you know this actually seems reasonable and i kind of want to try that now like or people grow like yeah or a woman can say, I want a man who's faithful, because this happened to me personally. Uh, I want a man who's faithful, but then he turns out to be a beta sim. Oh, he's faithful, all right. Uh, and he's... He worships you like a god and will never think of straying. Yeah. Good stuff? I mean... Well, I don't know. Maybe for some people. But the, <laughs> point, the point is, wants are not a permanent thing. They change very quickly. And to ever claim like you're a hundred percent sure of what you want and who you are and whatever is is kind of weird, right? Because that could change in two seconds. If I put you on a different environment, if I plop you on an island with a bunch of different tribes, or or if I put you in a prison with a like a, a warden or a guard, you might want something totally different now. Like I don't know what I want. Like in the beginning of our relationship, this is something you said to me often. Like I would express my devotion and my love and my obsession. And you were like, yeah, but feelings change. Uh, I think most women should be aware of that, that feelings change. They're like, I love you. <laughs> I love you one second. I hate you the next. Like, yeah. and they'll swear it's true both times. Yeah. I've well, felt that way. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like that sounds like feelings change to me. <laughs> okay. So um, then, then this is a question I was going to ask later, but I feel like it's perfect time now for this is then do you think the language differences between men and women this this matters because like you said uh oh, one minute we feel hate for someone and the next minute we feel love for someone and we'll say oh well that's how i felt then and now so like the language was the language differences between us that that matter well i mean again there are always exceptions and <laughs> <laughs> Everybody is different and unique, but on the whole, most like logical, rational, sort of uh, mature men wouldn't be caught dead saying, "I love, I love this person one second and I hate this person the next." It feels logically inconsistent, ridiculous, and and not a correct way to use language or label things, right? Mm -hmm. Most guys like that I describe, most mature like stable developed men logical rational males would alpha males well whatever i don't even like those labels like i used it earlier but it's just to get a point across okay um we can talk about the alpha beta spectrum or whatever it is uh now or on another podcast or whatever you want but okay. my point is that most mature developed males understand language to be precise and accurate and consistent this is why we have it this is why we invented language we invented it to label things a table is a table is a table it is always a table it will never not be a table love is love is love it is always love it will never not be love this is why we have language so we can communicate with one another and when someone says something the other person understands what they mean and we know what they're referring to um and so most guys are pretty picky about declaring who they love because they know it's like word is bond. This is how, how most guys approach language. Word is bond. If I say I'm going to be there, I'm going to be there. If if I say I love you, I love you. And it's a commitment. And when we give a vow, like 
any kind of vow, marriage vow or otherwise, it's, it's taken quite seriously. And we look at it as a personal failure if we could not keep our word. We are men of our word. And this is, gen this is how guys think and talk, you see? But like I just gave you an example, a woman will say like, no, I don't want your fries. And then t two seconds later, yeah, I want your fries. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I love you today and tomorrow I, I hate you. Uh, and they'll go tell their girlfriends too. Like they'll, they'll just go spread it around and act like it's true. And to them, it was true. But like, this is not the correct way to use language, at least in, in a guy's view. They would never use language like this. It seems to be disrespectful to language and playing with people's emotions and confuse, sending confusing messages and mixed messages and uh, confusing everybody. But most women understand that, understand language in a way that as long as it's expressing their feelings of the moment, that's good enough for truth. That might as well be truth. Right. But guys are not like, uh, yeah, I'll just use this language to express for the moment and that's good enough for truth. They're like, no, 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 no. Let me step back, think about this. And what is true? Do I love this person? Do I not? Why? And why not? And how long? And can I speak this out? Like, it's often a very think first, proclaim the correct label second uh, when they use language. And technically... Both modes are fine. I'm not judging one or one or the other. Um, like we wouldn't have poetry or romance, uh, romance like uh, romantic comedies or um, you know any of this any of this drama and juice of life unless we had both modes of conversation, right? Otherwise, everyone goes through like that is a table. I love you for this long. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. You have you the, the poetic language and the the data driven language, right? And, uh, but there's a time and a place for both, and usually people misuse them. They use the wrong mode of language at the wrong time. Yeah, so we've had lots of arguments over because of this. Because I'm using poetic, romantic language the majority of my day, yeah. and you're using data-driven language the majority of your day. Yeah, when you promised to share me and market me as a product, mm -hmm. like market my brand... Was that data-driven language or no. poetry language? That was poetry language. Right. But I took you at your word. Like it was data. data. Yeah. Yes. And that's what our whole relationship is founded on. Yeah. So is it founded on a rocky foundation that was complete a complete lie, but it was the truth of the moment or whatever? It was the truth of the moment. So how can it be a lie well, to you, on my side? Right. On your side. It is 100% it's, it's a lie because uh, it's a, it wasn't data-driven and it was my feelings in the moment. You shouldn't be promising that. That's To me, that is shameful and terrible to promise someone such a life-changing, career-changing thing mm -hmm. and not keep your word on that. You're like, well, I felt I felt like I could. I felt like it for... I have kept my word since. I, I agree. <laughs> what I'm saying, like, this is an example of... <laughs> yes. Of... Um, how this this can go right yeah yeah definitely and and it can happen vice versa like yes if there's some like simpy simpy beta cuck or whatever out there who's with with his girl and he's like oh yeah yeah, yeah i'll take out the trash because he just wants to get her off her back and it, it feels right in the moment and i don't know it felt like the right thing to say so i said it like <laughs> you know what i mean it's like but she's gonna be like i thought he was talking like a man like word is bond I, I expected him to keep his promise and now i'm really pissed off and it's like, it doesn't matter who's doing it. Someone used the wrong mode of language at the, at the at a certain time, and there's consequences to that. That is a failure to communicate. What we're dealing with here is a failure to communicate. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, uh, so you're 100% correct. 
and every single fight that you and I have ever had, and looking back on on my relationships in the past, every relation, every fight is based on this. Well, because a fight's based on communication. What, what right? Like, that's what it's founded on. Yeah, you're communicating with someone else. If you don't have that part right, I think you're screwed. Well, like, it's yeah, but I'm using the 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 romantic language. Or I'm expecting them to use data-driven language, and they they did it in that moment. So I've teased you a few times, or you've said like you love me, or like nice seven of them, and I've said, so let's that's data, <laughs> it's data language, right? <laughs> because most men, when they are they use pillow talk in bed, or when they're yeah, because we know that's the time that's... to not use data-driven language. It's the time for poetry, right? My most people. But a lot of women take this. Yeah, and then suddenly they take it. They oh, that sounds good to me. You said that you promised last night. Whatever, you'd be with me forever. It's like, bitch. I'm not gonna say I'll be with you for approximately seven point eight days. Like, I'm not gonna be data driven language in bed. Forever sounds nice and poetic. And it's, of course, like, come on, who's gonna ruin this moment and with the dirty talk or whatever with? Uh, well, actually, I'm only gonna be with you. For the next 48 hours. Yeah, so, exactly. Like, you know, that, yeah, it's, oh, sorry. Yeah, it's, that's a really good point. So, like, you know, hopefully people can tell what mode of language is to be used at what time, and they take it in the spirit. Okay. But if, if a guy asks you if you want to go to eat, you can't just be like, oh, you know, yeah, I feel like eating, and then two seconds later, no, I don't. Like, this is a big He thing. was asking a data-driven question. Do you want to eat? Yes. Like, have you arranged your day so that this is possible? Like... Yeah, is your stomach ready? Like, whatever. And if you're just giving random, oh, I felt like eating, I don't know, but now I don't feel like it. You're going to drive him nuts. And this is not a recipe to stay together. No, this is was lots a, of arguments. It was not time for pillow talk or fluff language or romance language or poetry language or the language of feelings or my personal truth. It was time for the real truth. <laughs> yes. Data-driven language. Yes. It's funny that you bring that example up, though, because a lot of men and women argue about this very thing. A man won't say, uh, honey, are you hungry? Would you like to go out to dinner or go get something to eat? And then instead of saying yes or no, she says, well, let's see, I ate at 12 and then it's five now. Yeah, he'll punch you in the And I'm cut. Well, they don't. This is when men like keep it inside and they his, get his aggression will want to push, punch you <laughs> yeah. in the mouth, whether he controls himself or not. Yeah, hopefully. You are not, you are not sparking true love in that moment. No. And so this is something that I've been practicing. Ladies, this is really actually would be very helpful in your relationships and yourself personally. So I've been practicing with when you ask me a question to give a yes or no. And then I do one of two things. I either wait to see if you're going to like expand the question and ask me like further information. I might. Which you have done sometimes. Or two, then I wait a beat or two to see if more come. And then I express what I want to say. So, for example... Like additional feelings. Yes. Like, so when you've said, uh, hey, do you think we should eat before we play league with uh, with Chris um, because it's it's 7 o'clock? And, and so my immediate thought is, well, but blah, 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 all the same stuff. But now I'm like, yes. And then I wait for the... And I'm like, great. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's once or twice you said, great. And then let like said nothing. And right. when I was like, so I'm going to make sandwiches or do this or that now so that we have time. Or mm, I'm not really that hungry now. So maybe I can make you something if you're like, 
I expand on. No, I'm like, great. I'll expand as much as you want. I don't care. But I got my answer. So, yes. So, it's been really helpful, actually. And then a couple of times I've called myself and I've asked you to ask me the question again. Yeah. For practice. Yeah. Because I really want to practice. And, ladies, if you're with a partner that uh, it gets annoying because you ask them to repeat the question so you can practice this, you might want to rethink the whole. Yeah, hopefully your situation. Hopefully your partner is helping you with your language and your communication and, and fine to practice it. So, yeah. 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 So like that's why I explained all this stuff to you yeah. to help you. Yeah. And it's been really, really helpful in our communication. Uh we've even had a disagreement recently, but it was a discussion. Like a real discussion. Yeah. It wasn't an argument. And so this whole thing has, has been super helpful. So um how do you think that I mean, I know practice and, and this, but is there anything else that we, and I don't mean we just women, people in general can uh, uh, practice this and get better at communication so that we can have uh, better relationships and express ourselves better to our partners? Yeah, there's a million things you can do to improve your communication. Like uh, earlier we were talking about wants, one of them is just knowing yourself better and like learning to communicate your wants without so much dogma, not so much like rigidity, like this is what I want. Like maybe on some deal breakers the, there are, but for the most part, what people want isn't what they want or it's not what they want permanently or they need to be more open. And so like a lot of failed communication doesn't just come from the modes of language. It comes from people not knowing themselves. And we live in a society where like 90, I don't know, 8% of people don't know themselves very well. Uh, and they all claim they do. Like, oh, I'm part of the 2%. I'm part of the 2%. It's like, bitch, I wasn't even part of the 2%. I didn't know myself. Like, how how are you? Like, <laughs> seriously? Uh, so knowing yourself can help a lot with communication. Knowing the language modes, like the feeling mode or the rational mode or whatever, the poetic or the rational data-driven mode, or um, just being able to read the room. Like if you're having an argument about something, like about going to eat or who takes out the trash, this is a data-driven moment. Speak the truth. Own your shit. Who was supposed to take it out? Who said what? That's all there is to it. But if you're like in bed talking about being together forever for eternity or something, this is probably just a feeling mode. Like try not to get too, Rich. well, you promised and told me you'd be together for eternity. It's like, bitch, I was like all the blood rushed out of my head. I was, it was somewhere else. Like <laughs> this was feeling talk like, yeah. or like dirty talk. Like you're my property, you're my possession. I'm going to own you or whatever. It's like, Hopefully the person doesn't mean that in like a data driven way. Like I own your soul forever. And I'm like, you signed a contract with the devil. Like they just mean like dirty talk. It's a, it's a fun turn on. Like no one really means this, right? Like, I don't know. Um, the point is read the room. Like it's different for everybody, but learn to read the room. And again, 90% of people are terrible at this. Right. They think they're fine though. And it's okay because, you know, listening to stuff like this and wanting to improve, this is this is how we make progress. Yeah, absolutely. On those things. So it's it's not a judgmental no, not thing, you know. Like, oh, I've been there. Yeah, I've done me too. This. You've yeah. done this. Like, there's, it's fine if any, anyone else is also doing this. But 
you don't want to do it forever. You want to get better. You want to improve. You want to practice your communication uh, because relationships are literally founded on communication. Every single day, you're communicating through body language and spoken language and whatever, like the actions you do for each other. It's 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 <laughs> it's the foundation. Okay. So um, I want to ask you another question. Then oh, that I, we we've heard on. We've heard Pearl ask her guests before. Sure. And a lot of women are, a lot of women and men are confused on, on this answer. So who is the prize between men and women? Like women, a lot of women will say, I'm the prize. I'm beautiful. I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm, I'm, I have my own business. And men will say, no, but I'm the prize because I have those things and you don't and blah, vice versa. So there's a lot of argument back and forth between who is the prize? And you have some really excellent views on this. So I really want to, to break this down. Sure. Um, have you ever heard the term false dichotomy? Yes. Do you know what it means? Uh, it means that you think one thing, but it's not true? Not exactly. Part, part of it, okay. partly. It means that someone is phrasing something or framing something or proposing something to you in an either or sort of like vibe like an either or an either or pitch an either or framework mm -hmm. but it's it's false like it's actually not the case like the the real truth is that that that, that thing is not an either or mm -hmm. um so so like i could say to you you can either eat this lunch with me or die <laughs> right? I'm giving you two choices. Okay, yeah. Two choices. Yeah. And if, if you believe my false dichotomy, you, you, you're like, oh, snap. Like, I guess I choose eat eat the food. But like something is rubbing you the wrong way about this. Like, no, like what? Like, huh? Like, it doesn't make sense. I don't. And so, because that's not true. It's, it's a false dichotomy. I'm giving you two choices, but you actually have like a million choices. There's so many things. Right. I got you. You should do it. Okay. Or I can say men are better or women are better. Which one? Oh, well, it's like a false dichotomy, is, right? Like, yeah. Is, there's, yeah. why does it have to be that way? Right, right. What? Who says? Who right. says there has to be two choices, men or women or women are better? Right. Maybe individual men are better and individual women are better. Maybe there's a third gender that we don't even know about that's better. Maybe, like, there could be anything. Like, it's, it's a false dichotomy and someone's putting this to you and, uh, like, it could be done intentionally or it could be done subconsciously like just habitually by default or because someone hasn't thought thought things through and to them it seems like a true dichotomy and so they'll propose it to you but the trick is whoever whoever's listening has to has to catch it and if you don't catch it you'll get sucked into their frame and you'll get sucked into the false dichotomy and you'll start really giving a consideration i don't know which man is been better or women and better you whoa you should not even be considering that you should be calling this person out on their false dichotomy but as soon as you buy in, it's it's lost. Like the moment's gone and you're going to have a long argument with this person about whether men or women are better. Okay. And you're going to come out of it like maybe you won, maybe you didn't, maybe you feel good about it, maybe you don't. But it doesn't matter because the whole thing was a write-off because it was a false dichotomy in the first place. So you'll spend two hours discussing something that's basically bullshit. Uh, and it's not, it's not again, it's not intentional. It's, I, I like Pearl. She's smart. She, she has uh, interesting takes. I mean, I don't agree with everything, but... I don't think she's out there trying to create false dichotomies or waste people's time, but that will be the result 
of who is the prize. Because this is is a false dichotomy. It's saying that either the man is the prize in the relationship or the woman is the prize in the relationship. But, okay. but in a relationship, that's not what a relationship is. A relationship isn't some sort of prize competition. There's If I give you a relationship between a mother and a child, who is the prize? Ooh, yeah. Like... If I give you a relationship between a boss and an employee, who is the prize? Who needs to be earning the other's affection? Okay. Which one's more valuable? It's fucking bullshit. It's a false dichotomy. Relationships, this is not how relationships are. I don't know who came up with this, and I don't know why so many people are buying into it or repeating it, but... This is not a healthy way to look at any relationship. Okay. Of student teacher, boss employee, parent child, spouse and partner, like it it doesn't matter. This is not a healthy way to look at any relationship. It is not a dichotomy. Okay. Instead, it's more like uh like a, like you know those little flies that that like clean the rhinoceros off of dirt or whatever it is. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, exactly what they do. I know. There's a bunch of there's there's flies that live on the bottoms or the backs yeah, of something like animals. That. Something like. That. And they eat the the fleas and the. Uh... Yeah, or there's like fish that hang around sharks or something. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. eat the fleas or something. Yes, and they help the, them survive. The point is, it's a symbiotic thing. Yes. This is a, a relationship. This is a real relationship. Right. Relationship isn't predator and prey, like a lion preying on a deer. Which one's better? Which one's dominant? Which one owns everything? Like, it's a symbiotic thing. That's the 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 lion and the deer is a predator prey relationship. Maybe there's a dichotomy there. I don't know. Like, right, what one's predator, one's prey. I don't know. But between men and women, interspecies, they're they're meant to help each other. Like, who's the prize in in with a peacock, right? The one with the fancy tail or the one without the fancy tail? The man or the woman? Like, which man? Is the rooster the prize or is the hen the prize? Bitch! What are you talking about? <laughs> they're inter they're in the same species. Not interspecies, interspecies. Right. They're 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 <laughs> they're meant to help each other symbiotically and poetically. It's the yin-yang. They're both balanced and equal and helping one another. What are we talking about who's the prize? And there's and there's a little of both in each side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Fair enough. Yeah, and so if you don't feel it in your relationship that both people are contributing and both people it's symbiotic and both are helping each other in some in key ways mm -hmm. then sure maybe your relationship's fucked up but it doesn't mean anything about men and women in general and one gender must be the prize and one gender isn't the prize and like yeah you, i hope i hope i hope it's abundantly clear like i i don't know what else to say about this it just seems so obvious like, right like there's really no answer for this because i think it d depends on it's a loading question it's yeah like we we are supposed to work together and our relationship is supposed to so so like to go back to us for an example uh one of the reasons that we work together well is because we do opposite things you make well you know we you make content and you uh do editing and you do teaching and and you do a lot of the driving the business forward this is why you're the ceo and I'm uh, the one that does the marketing, the outreach, the sharing. I communicate with all of our customers or potential clients, clients. Like I run the email. And, and so we have to, we do both things that are very important in a business because 
you when you were alone and you have that biz had the business your your separate business you were doing those things but no one was doing my side of things because nobody was there uh so we worked together like like uh like the yin and the yang um and in in our personal relationship it's the same thing you know we uh do things that the other one doesn't do like I enjoy doing the housework and you and enjoy doing other things and, and doing work work. And uh, so, yeah, like symbiotic. So this makes a lot of sense because one can't be better than the other. And I think I could be wrong. I mean, there's always one that's better at some things and worse at some things. Well, yeah. Well, but I was generally they should compensate for one another. Sure. Like. I know if I want to cook, I'm not going to have you do it, even though you could, but I'm better at it. I'm faster. I know I have a system. I know where everything is. It's just same with if if you were like, uh, gave me your computer or like, here, make a meme. I know how to do it. I can do it, but I would be completely lost because I don't know your system. I don't know what you do. I don't know. You do it in five minutes. It would take me five hours. So there's no point in in trying to to take over for that part. Well, also, I was going to say, if you're in a relationship and, and the person thinks they're better than you at everything, like, I'm the catch, I'm just overall better, and I've been in relationships where I felt like that, and it, it was not healthy. It was not healthy, and then I looked down on the other person, and and this was reflected in my actions and the conversation, and and it just led to the whole thing blowing up because yeah you can't be like that a better question would be in an unhealthy relationship who's the prize and there'll probably be one because that's an abusive codependent unhealthy relationship so where one is definitely better and the other one needs to get cut loose but yeah but in, in a healthy relationship who's the prize well neither it's ridiculous yeah in a healthy relationship it's symbiotic they're the prize together it's just it's not even a it's there's not it's not even the word prize shouldn't even come into it. Who's the prize between the, the rhinoceros and the fly? Who's the prize between the little helper fish and the shark? Like, there's no prize. Okay. It's just two creatures on earth from nature helping each other. Who's the prize in the in the peacock land with one with the tail or the one without? Well, the one in the tail seems to be the prize. Look, they're so beautiful. Who cares? They propagate the species. They help each other. They do their things. Like, it should be symbiotic. Prize does not come into it. And if you're talking about that, you're under the impression of a false dichotomy that's going to hurt you and hold you back. Okay. You will not create a fulfilling, wonderful relationship with this kind of view. Yeah. Or at least not as good as it could be. Right. So a lot of these uh, red pill people, I've watched a lot of this recently to learn about the the men's movement. Mm -hmm. and to understand more about men and women and submissiveness and dominance and these are just things that interest me and research whatever you want. I want to learn about this. Um, and one of the things they talk about this, the like men are the prize, men are the prize continually that women have no value after they're 25. So then men have value when they turn 40, 35, 40, when they, when they become successful. Um, and so men, women start as the prize until they're 25 and then men and, and men are not and then it switches and men become the prize and women are not so, so <laughs> i kind of wanted you to, to talk about this whole thing because like the, 
as a woman watching this without you to talk to me about value as a woman a woman can offer like i would be depressed and ready to like you know not be alive anymore because this is depressing like as a 40 whatever person to hear this so can you talk about this a little bit please sure so i get what they're saying like i get where they're coming from but <clears throat> Because because anything we can see in our own experience tends to be extremely believable. We are tempted if we've oh yeah I've seen I've seen women go downhill real fast and I've seen guys like age like wine and and get really valuable. That seems true to me. And so when something seems true and it it resonates with our own experience, it will often it won't go. Sorry. Often it won't go very deeply examined. And so people will be like, yeah, sounds good to me. And then they'll just preach it to their friend. And their friend will be like, yeah, you're right. Sounds good to me too. Same in my experience. Yeah. And they'll be like, same in my experience. And it's like, and then the stats back it up and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, okay, well now I guess it's just true. And it's it's like, maybe, but I don't think along the way any of you really examined this, this, this phrase. You were just like, makes sense to me. I'm buying in. Right. That is not critical thought. That is not a deep examination. That is not uh, a great way to form a conclusion. But I get it because it's founded on a very observable trend. Mm -hmm. And so if you if you imagine a graph, right, like a, a bar graph or whatever, and and like this is zero age and this is, you know, 60 or 80 or death or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, down here is low value and up here is high value. Women, when they're born or when they're young, tend to start as very high value, especially after they hit puberty and, you know, fill out and so on. Um, they're youthful, they're pure, they're untouched, they're beautiful, they're attractive, they're compelling, they're valuable, and a giant portion of men want a, a youthful, beautiful woman. And as she ages, her value seems to go down in the dating market. Not as a person, every person has value, but the red pill people, like uh, this is generally what they're referring to, is this sort of downward curve of youth and beauty as they get more men and they have more relationships and their their wrinkles show and their age uh continues in the dating market yeah in the dating market it, the, the the red pill peeps would say that the woman's value goes down okay. and this makes a lot of sense to a lot of people they're like damn that's harsh but yeah I we, can see that. Well, yeah, we yeah. They have less eggs whatever with less eggs we have stuff. more wrinkles we have more kids We've had more relationships, more baggage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And they'll also see that uh, men, when early on, aren't really adored by society. <laughs> Ain't nobody fiending for men, showering them with gifts, buying them drinks, uh, chasing after them like they're desirable. Uh, they're just like ugly, broke trolls who haven't learned how to make their way in life. What? No, I, I know. I just... I'm a man. I have to I know. I whatever. I know. No one gives you, no one gives you the time of day until you're established to make them look sure thing. yeah whatever most women don't want to give attention to those kinds of guys sure exactly 
And so their value starts waiting on here and slowly climbs up. Right. By the time they're 30, 40, 50, 60, they're, you know, doing well for themselves, establishing their career, making bank, they can provide. They're pretty mature. They're sexually experienced. And, and like, it's like generally seem to be a catch. Their value has gone up. And this is what the red pill people talk about. And it seems correct, right? Yeah. But the trick is, is that that curve is not set in stone the way people think. Mm -hmm. Humanity does not understand aging. There are celebrities who, who fight this curve. Like, mm -hmm. there are women who look hotter now than they did then. Yes. Like, yes. like uh, Uma Thurman or Monica Bellucci or Heidi Klum or whatever. Like, yes. Yeah, all these whatever. Yes, yes. And whether they do it because they're rich and they had surgery and blah, 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 whatever. I don't care how they did it. They bent this curve. Mm -hmm. They fought this curve. And overall, they're more of a catch now. Like, they might be less of a catch now than they were when they were 18. But they're still more of a catch than than this plummet that everyone's fearing. Yeah. They're still high up there on the share scale. And... And, th and there are men who, like, it seems like they're going to have to wait till they're 40 and rich to get a, a woman, mm -hmm. but there are men who learn to make money early. Like, they have a lemonade stand or a shoe collection or something, they start hustling or even selling drugs, and they, b they bend this curve and they make money early. Mm -hmm. No one is stopping a man from doing that. No one is stopping a woman from doing that. No. This curve that everyone fears so much... It's more like a tendency that exists, but that anyone can bend and, and, and like beat, you know, overcome, triumph over. Right. And so no human is going to spend their life from zero to a hundred or whatever, zero to a hundred years, completely the same value at all times. That would be absurd. If we saw a human who was completely the same value, their looks would never change, their purity would never change, their wealth would never change, they were the same value at all times for a hundred years of their life. Same salary, same house, same everything. Like, they have not improved their situation at all. They have not dro uh, dropped any anything in any way. That's insane. So everyone is going to go through value changes. So there's no point. Like acting like a man's not going to go through value changes or a woman's not going to go through value changes. They are. That doesn't mean never partner with someone because humans change in value. It's ridiculous. Right. So this isn't that big a deal. We all know we're going to change in value. It's it's part of life. It's fine. It doesn't mean no one's ever going to partner up ever again. It doesn't mean marriage is disappearing. It will never come back. It doesn't mean people won't date. It doesn't mean you can't have a relationship. Everyone's at peace with this. The trick is when you know your value is going to change or appears to be changing is to, is to sort of beat the curve, bend the curve, start doing something. If you don't have money for surgery or makeup or whatever, earn it and then make changes, right? If you don't, if you don't do yoga or keep fit or learn the secrets of, of Uma and Monica and these girls, like go learn them. Like, and for a guy, if you're gonna, if you're poor for forty years, that's on you. You did not have to be poor for forty years. Yeah, you didn't have to. You have forty and legs. You have a brain. You could stop partying and start like knuckling down, buckling down, and 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 
making something of yourself at any time. There are kids who do this. There are children who become rich early. And you can argue, my parents didn't teach me that and blah, 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 blah. But like, tough. Like, women can complain that like, oh, I didn't know that my value was dropping or whatever. It's like, tough. Look around. Well, actually, we do. We in, in instinctually know this. This is why we uh, become obsessed. I mean, I've seen 20-year-olds being obsessed with anti-aging stuff and, and learning how to improve their skin or, you know, workouts to Im improve firmness because they don't want a gravity to take over. Like, we know that, but we're told this our whole lives. This is the beauty the beauty. Uh, industry makes millions and billions of dollars on on us sure. by telling us this that our their right value is going to decrease in as the we dating market it. in the dating market i'm not arguing with the red pill people. no no in the dating market that is a natural trend yes. and for men the natural trend is opposite yes okay so so for half of our lives from zero to 40 the men are going to be valueless and for and from 40 to 80 the women are going to be valueless that's just it we each have our, our period of low value it's allowed, it's natural, it's fine. It doesn't mean anything. No. The trick is beating your period of low value. You should be able to do better. Like, you can bend the curve. Yeah. There are people who do it. But if you're going to whine and be like, oh, this is set in stone, this is just how it has to be, and I guess I'm just valuable. You can be depressed as you want. Like, mm -hmm. right? I could be like, oh, well, I guess I'll just have to be worthless until I'm 40. That's how society is. Or I could learn to crush it early. Well, there's also, like, you've given examples. Like, when we started one of the videos, and, like, the first thing out, they were like, oh, well, women have no value after 25. And you went on to list, like, all of these amazing things. Sure. Well, cause, because there, there's more value than just youth, beauty, and purity, too, yes. right? Like, guys... Uh, Guys, they, they they don't usually articulate it, but they value nurturing and solace and soothing, right? They they value a cooperative, peaceful home to come to. They value uh, a, like a well-kept nest that they don't have to worry about. They value uh, a woman who will um, allow them to experience other women, like a variety of women is very valuable. It, it, they, they definitely value a, a recruiter who like can find other girls. Like this is huge stuff. And, and, even if your youth and beauty have fallen, like if you're good at all those things, like no guy's ditching a girl who recruits other hot girls for him. Like, and I don't mean grooming or recruiting. I just mean like she goes and finds them. Like, yeah, like she's, she's so social and she's connected and she's able to make introductions. Like, sure, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Seeing some Epstein shit. Yeah. Like, oh God. Yeah. What I'm saying, like there are some cr crazy valuable things that most of the red pill people leave off the list. Yeah, like, um, so every year on mom, dad's, sister, brother's birthdays, I remind you of the birthday. Yeah. I send a card. I make a card. It's send so a valuable. Uh, I reply to emails for you. Yeah, I get to keep all my social connections and friends, and I don't have to lift a finger. I, I mean, I love you guys. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually, I'm doing the writing. Um, but, but the point is, it's like uh, when we are going to have the, well, we don't do it so much anymore but when we had the girls over for tea like i always set everything up i planned everything i made everything i set it all up like i prepared it all i cleaned it up like these are a lot of valuable things these are things that now how valuable are they it depends on the guy right and like you could a guy could just say well i could hire a secretary and a maid and an event coordinator for that and it's like you could 
But if you add up those salaries, is this not more valuable? Like, do you really want to... Now you have to deal with three different people. Now you have more people to manage. Now you have more salaries to pay. Now it's a giant headache. So it's still valuable. Like, you can argue, I could just replace you with XYZ. And it's like, you could, but that doesn't mean it's not valuable. In fact, right. you pay. That's the, that's the value of three salaries, actually. Yeah. And... Uh, who doesn't want to be a power couple? Uh, I like and and stand arm in arm with your partner at, at a work party or like going out to dinner or whatever that your partner planned. Like, I'm not saying all of the, those things have to be always just on a woman, but I'm saying like there's other things that are on women. We women have uh, that are valuable besides purity, besides youthfulness, besides beauty. I mean, and they're usually hard to measure. Yeah. There are a lot of values in humans, men and women, that are difficult to measure. We have not mastered the ability to measure uh, like goodwill and kindness and love. Like you can try and slap a dollar value on stuff or like uh, an inspired idea or a muse. Many artists have muses through through history and those muses generate help help inspire some of their greatest works and the, their j biggest wealth. And they wouldn't have created it without the muse. So how much value do you put on the muse? How much value does the artist put on the muse? Like sometimes they lose their muse, they're crushed and they never make a good painting again. And it's like, whoa, like how valuable was that muse? Um, and then people will be like, but she didn't lift a finger. And it's like value is not measured in labor. Yeah. If there was, Jeff Bezos wouldn't be insanely rich. Like the man got paid for his ideas and his creativity and his inventiveness. Like it's no one cares how much how many boxes Jeff moved that day for his, his value. Value is not always measured in time or labor. And it's not always uh, tangible or able to slap a dollar value instantly on something. So a lot of the, uh, <laughs> a lot of the who's the prize and who's more valuable discussions, uh, they miss out on a lot of stuff, a lot of important stuff that they would realize if they were digging deeper and thinking more critically. So I recently sent a, a picture to my mom uh, of Adam, your friend Adam, uh, uh, holding a chicken. And I, because I thought it was really cute. And, and I said to her, I didn't know chickens like to be cuddled and, and pet because this was what he was doing in the photo. And uh, my mom wrote me back and said, who doesn't like to be cuddled? And and I thought, yeah. Even like guys like, like Yeah. And, and. Like, this is something you can't measure. At Human the touch is yeah. important. You, do you think a whole bunch of guys, if we went to all women, you think a whole bunch of guys would be cuddling each other all day? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but, but, but I bet you they'd die from lack of human touch. Yeah. Depressed, suicidal. You can't, how do you measure that? Yeah. You put a value on, there, there are cuddling businesses out there. Yeah, yeah. Run usually by women. Yes. So, again, like, there's, there's just more to it. And, but even if you do just stick with the main values that the red pill peeps talk about, mm -hmm. youth, beauty, purity, mm -hmm. submission, whatever, uh, like those are malleable. They're not as set in stone as people act. Yeah. And just whining about this curve is, is foolish. And you don't hear guys whining about their 40 years of misery while the society ignores them and like blames them for all the violence and abuse that ever existed. Like... <laughs> Until they're rich, like, yeah. True. Even afterwards, like, look at uh, Pirates of the Caribbean there. Oh, Johnny Depp. He's yeah. he's rich and famous. He's still getting shafted. Like, yeah. It's I mean, eventually vindicated, but yeah. like, damn. Um, but yeah, you make a good point. Yeah. But whatever. That's just part of life. 
No human is valuable the entire time, the entire same amount. You will have periods of low value. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Work around it. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Okay, so do you have anything that you want to add or say uh, now? Like anything you want to share with our audience or whatever? Yeah, most of this discussion to me, like it's fun. It's mentally engaging. Maybe you can, you know, give a few aha moments to people. But it's mostly fluff. Like it's not that important. What's important is is getting in tune with yourself right knowing who you are and stop the the chasing clout and trying to be right and uh like looking good in other people's eyes and winning arguments and one-upping people it's just be kind be loving like practice it practice it you're not going to be good at being kind and loving right out the gate you're, you're probably not great at being kind and loving now. Most people aren't. We live in a society of like rough, traumatized people who aren't just flowing kindness and love nonstop. But it's doable. You can get there. It takes practice. I'm not perfect at it. You're not perfect at it. But every time we get into an argument or a debate or a fight and we start like, like kibitzing with online trolls and, and arguing with red pill peeps and so on, it's... Like, it's not elevating the overall joy level of the world. It's not making you a happier, healthier, better person. It's putting, like, tension into your shoulders and tension into your jaw. It's it's making you bitter towards the opposite sex or your own sex. It's making you depressed about your own lot in life. It's it's pulling down your self-esteem and, and killing your dreams and sucking away your ability to give value and contribute to the world. That's all you're doing most of the time with these kind of things, with these kind of discussions. Men and women were designed by nature to, to help one another, to be symbiotic and to synergize with one another. And it's, it's, it's hardwired into us. It's easy to do. It's not rocket science. You just have to undo some of the layers of conditioning, like the social condi conditioning. You have to really take a hard look at yourself and your actions and, and your hopes and your dreams. And uh, put away all the knee-jerk reactions and triggering uh, as you dive into echo chambers of feminist rhetoric or mis misogyny or Andrew Tate dogma or whatever. I'm not saying they're all wrong about anything, but I'm just saying neither none of them promote an agenda of happy, healthy union between humanity or between human beings. And that's why this podcast is called Eyes Wide Open. Thank you so much for your time and for your wonderful, beautiful words, your encouragement, your consideration, your generosity, your love, all those things for them, for me. I love you so much. Thank you. Um, if you want to know more amazing things about the J-Rise, he is the, uh, the Bimbo Whisperer on Instagram, and you can find him on TikTok, too, Fresh Views on Taboos, which kind of go with this channel. And I will put that in the description, links to all those things. Thank you so much for watching and listening. We love you. Keep rising.